with me. Um, open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 1. And while you're doing that, go over to Luke chapter 3 and stick your finger in there. Or a bookmark if you have one, that'll be fine too. I'm going to do my best with these names. Y'all bear with me. Y'all can help me afterwards and let me know how, how bad I did on them, but let's give it a go. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now he's establishing here that he's coming from, he's through the line of David, King David, and he's also coming from Abraham. He's establishing that, I think, for the Jewish people to let them know this is who is coming to see you. This is who, is, who the Lord has sent. Chapter, uh, verse 2. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and, and his brethren. And Judas begat Phares and Zarah of Tamar, and Phares begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Salmon, and Simon begat Boaz of Rachad, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. It's important to know what's happening here. Listen to that wording. And Solomon begat, begat Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begat Abia, and Abia begat Asa, and Asa begat Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat... Ozias, and Ozias begat Jotham, and Jotham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josiah, and Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Janiah begat Salaliel, and Salaliel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiud. And Abiud begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor. And Azor begat Sadok, and Sadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliud, and Eliud begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Mathan, and Mathan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Christ was born, Christ was born of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were fourteen generations from David until the carrying away to Babylon were 14 generations, and from the carrying away of, into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. And we say, now what in the world does all that mean? I'll tell you what, it's important. I'll do what I can here to try to help us through it. But it's important because it's in the Bible. That's the first thing. Anything we find written in the Word of God is important, and we need to take note of it. It gets a little boring sometimes reading through these things. I know that. But we need to establish the line. We need to know of how, where Jesus came from. The Lord was making it known to the Jewish people that their king was coming. And he laid out and said, this is who came from who. But look at this. Look at who he came from. He made some pretty interesting statements in here when he was talking about some of these folks. Take a minute and go over to Luke. Chapter 3, verse 23. And Jesus himself began to go about, thir uh, about 30 years of age, 
being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, which was the son of Mattit, which was the son of Levi. Do you notice there's some difference there? Now the people that want to argue the Bible, they don't want to listen to the Bible, they say, well now here we have something going on, there's a contradiction in the word of God. That's not so. Because God was showing us, number one, he was showing us that we had the line from Joseph coming up, the earthly line, to show from the side of the kings coming up, yet we know that he wasn't, and we're going to get there in just a second, he wasn't really Joseph's son. Okay? So why did he go over here and say that, that he was of the son of Joseph, of the son of Heli? Well, Heli was Mary's daddy. And I didn't know till this morning because I've been struggling with this all week and I don't like going and looking at a lot of stuff on the internet because you can get confused and mixed up. There's a bunch of opinions out there. And I did read in uh, Matthew Henry's commentary and what he'd put down was that this was Mary's daddy. And I said, there's got to be somewhere that this is crooked and not going, and I don't know why I didn't see it. I had to ask Brother Randy and, and, and Brother Willie this morning. I said, oh, I need help. But it happened back at David. You see, in, on, the, on, on Joseph's side, he said that from David you had Solomon, the king. But on Mary's side of things, it goes down to Nathan, another son. Yet both angles come back to the king. He has to be the son of David. But if you take and if you look on down through, and through the book of Luke where we were just looking at that one verse, it goes on and it's, it's a whole list of them. It goes all the way back to Adam, which is the Son of God. And he did that to show us of what the Lord spoke in the garden and said that her seed will crush your head. Talking to the serpent. And so that came to pass. All the way from the beginning, God knew what was going to happen. He set it into motion and nothing was going to stop that. Now, whether or not I want to wear orange socks or white ones next week, I don't think the Lord cares nothing about. But when it comes down to the things of His purposes, make no mistake about it, what God sets in motion will come about. Now, the devil was pretty tickled because he thought the bloodline was messed up. Because Joseph wasn't his daddy. But he didn't look on the other side. And, had he, and even if he did get it, there was nothing he could do to stop what God was going to do. Amen? And that is a comfort for you and me today. Whenever God has this plan laid out, and you know the devil knows the Bible, when he's got this plan laid out to get redemption for mankind, you know the devil's going to do everything in his power and to, to try to stop that from happening. But this story here alone, this time of the year when we're celebrating Christmas, it lets us know that the devil don't win. He wanted to do everything he could to keep that from happening. He did not want the Messiah to be born, but he couldn't stop it. And that is a comfort to you and me. No matter what we're facing today, if it's set in motion from God and it's ordained from heaven, it's going to happen. So he showed us that. He showed us that in this. So we got these generations. There's so much you can glean out of this. Man, you could preach out of this for months. Well, we're going to move on. You ever thought or you ever been made to feel that you just ain't worthy of Jesus? 
Have you ever thought or have you ever made anybody feel maybe they ain't worthy of Jesus? Don't answer that one. Because that does happen. Some of you were here a couple years ago when I gave my testimony when they sang that song, A Baby Changes Everything. Because it does happen. But see, when God sets something in motion, <laughs> he's going to take care of business. We can trust him. But you see, there was these colorful characters that was in the line of Jesus. And you would think, now this is royalty. We need the king to come in. And by the way, he mentioned these on the royal side, on the king's side. And he talked about one called Tamar. Tamar is back in the book of Genesis. In the 20s maybe, Brother Willie, chapters of 20s, the 20s chapters. You can look it up. I'm not going to go too deep in that, but I'm going to give you an overview. She was born, uh, she, was, she was the wife of Judah's firstborn. Am I right on that, Brother Gene? Question? We don't know, but she was one of Judah's sons. She was his wife, and he died. And according to Jewish tradition, what would happen? Yeah, Judas. Or Judah. According to... Uh, According to the Jewish tradition, if he died, then his brother would take her. And any children that would come from that union would be credited to his dead brother. So that anything that he received, would, it would belong to him. His name would still live on. And we know that she went through and, and another husband died. This woman was hard on men. And then another one. And finally, they kicked her out. Well, Judah's wife died. And he's off gone to the sheep shears. And while he's off gone to the sheep shears, he sees this woman who, by the way, had found out that her father-in-law was coming to town. So she took off her garments that made her, that you could see and know that she was a widowed lady. She took off her widow garments and she put a veil on her face and dressed up and made, made herself pretty. And he went calling on her. As a harlot. And she said, well, what are we going to do with this? What am, what am I going to get out of this? And he said, well, I'll give you one of, my, one of my sheep. I'll give you one of my, well, I don't have it here. Well, what's going to make me keep your word with this? And he said, well, I'll give you my signet, my bracelets, and my staff. Am I right so far? So he gave her something in collateral to say, I'm going to come through good on this. Because you didn't give up your signet. You know, that was your family seal. You had no proof of who you was like today walking around without your driver's license. So, he goes in with her, and some months later, she comes back to the camp. He sends one of his men up to, to go pay her off. Well, they said, well, there's no harlot here at this town. We don't know what you're talking about. Well, some months later, she comes back to the camp, and she's with child. And he does something that most everybody would do. Doesn't make it okay, but most everybody would do. He was going to follow the law, which she should have been stoned by being a harlot to death. But he said he wanted her burned. And so he goes in and they're getting ready to have this conversation and wants to know who the baby's child is, uh, daddy is. And she says, well, the man who these things belong to is the father of this child. And he about fell through the floor because she handed him back his things and he repented because he said, we can't be like that. Is that okay? 
That's not King James, that's not Old English, but that's the story. She is in the line of Jesus. She's mentioned here, and she will be mentioned for eternity because it is the Word of God. It never fades away, and therefore, there's a blemish there that seems like a blemish, but see, God says, I'm going to get through this. I can still use this. Not only that, is we have, we have the lady by the name of Ruth. Boaz had Obed. who had Jesse, who had David. Boaz married a Moabitess woman. He married a woman from the other side of the tracks that they weren't supposed to have anything to do with. But God mentions it here for a reason. He's letting us know He's going to do what He's going to do. Now this is not saying you can go out and live how you want to live. You and the Lord got to settle that. I'm going to tell you, don't walk on that road. You won't like it. But, this is how it went. It went against the traditions and the laws. So here you have Ruth, the Moabitess. Then you have Bathsheba. She wasn't mentioned by name, but she was the wife of Urias, of whom Solomon came through. We know that story, right? David don't go to battle doing what he's supposed to do. He's lazing around the house being slothful, not taking care of business. Goes out on his porch one night, looks down, sees this beautiful woman bathing, and as the king, he gets what he wants, calls for her to come in, and we know what happened. Because he's king, none of these other laws will apply. She's going to be my wife. So we have these people, and I tell you that to tell you this. It don't matter what your background looks like. It don't matter who your mommy and daddy is. Jesus came for you. We all got a story, and if our stories were known, most of us wouldn't care much for that. We tell the parts that we want to tell, but the parts that God knows about, which is every iota of it, every thought that we've ever had, thank God that he did send Jesus, because we all got a story. Amen? We can give God praise for that. We are sitting here today because the Lord made a way for us. He showed His love for you and me by sending His Son. And His Son came because He has His love for us. So we have that. Now let's go to Matthew. Let's go down to verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When His mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. That's all Matthew says about that. Let's go over to the book of Luke. You've already, if you had your finger in three, go over to chapter one and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 26, did I tell you all that part? Chapter 1, verse 26. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and casting in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto, unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall, 
shall give him in, give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, if you don't understand that, what verbiage means, she had never been with a man physically. So she was making that known. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, the high, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was, married, who, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. She said, okay, here I am. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now God did some work right there. He made some things known. He made some things known that it was going to be coming, that Jesus was going to be coming from the Holy Ghost. He is the one that made this woman to conceive. And everybody says, well, that's almost impossible. But God, he goes on to say, with God, nothing is impossible. He also showed that Elizabeth, who is a, an elderly lady, she's up there, she's past childbearing years, but yet now she's going to have a baby. We know that Zacharias, he didn't want to believe that. He questioned Gabriel when he told him about it, and he couldn't speak until after he was born. Eight days later, whenever they go to do his dedication at the temple and to name him, that's when he was able to speak out. And so, yeah, his name is John. And so we see that God has this power. We celebrate in Easter that God has the power over death. We know that. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Amen? Amen. And we believe that. He conquered death, but He also has shown us here that He has the power to life. You see, we don't have to walk around in these ditches and these places that sometimes the devil wants us to go. All we got to do is call upon Jesus because He has the power to life. He brings life. You're breathing right now because He says so. You got up this morning and got here to church because he says so. You got up because you love him, because you came out to give worship to him, because he is Jesus. And there's no other name other than the name of Jesus that anything can be done in this world that it gives God the glory. Amen? We give him praise in all of these things. So he laid this out to let them know. I have this power. Now, Think about this for a moment. Here is a young lady who's been told that she's going to have a baby. Now let's think about the time. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, somewhere along in there, it tells of what happens if a woman plays the harlot. She is to be stoned to death. Unless she can prove, she makes the claim and she makes the proof that she was raped. Overtaken in the field, I think the Bible is the word it uses. And she knows when this angel is standing there and telling her, guess what, you're going to have a baby. And I know you've not been with a man, and it's not going to be the seed of a man. It's going to come from the Holy Ghost. This child is coming from God. What in the world went through her mind? Think about that for a moment. We all worry about our reputations, don't we? What about her? What's that? I know that. But I'm, so I'm making a point here. What about her? 
Do we worry more about our reputations than we worry about the will of God? Here's a woman who all the commentaries speak, the Bible doesn't say, so it's all conjecture. Conjecture means that it's just theory. There are a dime a dozen. That Mary was this little bitty child of she was 15 or 16 years old, so we'll go with that. It's not worth fighting over. The devil would love for us to argue these kinds of points, but the fact is, here's a young woman. Now, not only is it, is it proven that, that God's going to do something, but she's also kind of young in her mind, decision-making. Worried about her reputation. It's a good thing to have. And then this angel comes in and tells you you're going to have a baby. Does that make your mind think, well, what's God doing here? Think about what was going through her mind. But yet, what did she do? She said, nah, whatever you say, Lord, is good with me. Whatever you say, Lord, is good with me. Can we say that today? Can we always say, whatever is with you, Lord, if it's good with me? Tradition goes out the door on this because God just stepped way out of the box. Showed us something. He don't live in a box. I mean, he went way out. I'm going to prove that I'm God and I have control over this and I'm going to take it. I'm going to do what I got to do. He went way out there. But this young girl trusted the Lord enough to say, you know what, I'm going to have a bad reputation. A few months, she's going to be walking around looking like me. And somebody's going to know something's up. She's a spouse to Joseph. But they haven't consummated the marriage yet. It's like they're engaged. She's still mamas and daddies. He's still mamas and daddies. And pretty soon they're going to have the ceremony. They're going to get married. They're going to consummate their marriage. And they're going to go on with their life. That is how it's usually done. But yet she's engaged. And now she goes and sees Elizabeth. You're going to read that on down there. We're not going to go there this morning. You can read ahead a few chapters. John the Baptist jumps in her womb when Mary walks through the door. Kindred spirits. There's a message there. We can have fun with that one. Now she's walking around like this. And somebody knows something's up. We can tell the difference when over, over, overeating when somebody's pregnant, right? We know. But she said, nevertheless, whatever you want done, Lord, I'm okay with that. Because you know what? I trust you enough to save my good name. You'll take care of business. And by the way, we're reading, and I say churches all over the world today, this morning, are reading somewhere along in here, and they're going to be telling about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. She's always going to be receiving blessings from God, from heaven, because she said, yes, Lord, I trust in you. I'm not worried about what everybody's thinking. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to trust what you're doing, Lord, because what you're doing is the story that we all love to hear. And it's the most important story we've ever heard. And it's a true story. Jesus. Salvation comes through Jesus. 
So let's go back to Matthew chapter 1. Let's pick up in verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou, art, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall bring forth a son, and she shall bring forth a son, and, shall, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And took unto him his wife, and knew her not. They had no physical relations till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now we've looked at what Mary had to go through, but look at Joseph. There were some concepts and some precepts that he'd gotten out of the Word of God, didn't have the New Testament, but he was able to get some things from God because how did he handle this? Now we all know that if somebody comes in and says this little girl's pregnant or that, everybody and their brother's going to jump on that bandwagon and start tossing stones. And everybody's going to tell this man who wants to put this girl away privately or to, if he wanted to make a public example of her by having her stoned, it would have been just okay with society. It would have been just okay with what, whatever they wanted to do as long as it was within the law. But this was a just man. This was a man who had some serious love for this girl. He had so much love for her, he didn't know what she knew. But he wanted to put her away privately. He wanted to give her a, 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 a bill of divorcement. He didn't want her to be tarnished too bad. He didn't want to be the guy to bring this to why? Because he was in love with her. And the Bible says here that he thought on these things. You see, if we did a little more thinking instead of a lot less acting, sometimes God will move in because when we get to thinking, we start getting justified. It says he thought on these things. And while he was thinking on these things, he got to the end of himself. He said, I know that this is what I want to do and I don't know how to get it done. I'm going to follow what the law is. She has played the harlot. That's what he's thinking. But I don't want her to be stoned to death. I love her, but yet I've got to take care of my reputation. And so he thought on these things. He didn't hear something just now and pick up the phone and react to it. No, 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 no. He spent time thinking on it. You see, we think on things and then we think on things and sometimes we act on our thinking, our stinking thinking. But he thought on these things and whenever he had thought on these things and come to the end of his rope, so to speak, he didn't have an answer. Then God showed up and gave it to him. 
I don't know if y'all ever heard anything like this. I know this is Christmas and it's supposed to be nice, warm, and fluffy, but this is reality, folks. Think about it in your own life. Think about it, young lady, or it doesn't matter who you are. If God said, all right, you're going to be pregnant and you're going to bring forth my son. Now, that's not going to happen to you, okay? That's already done. It's not going to be done again. But just think if it was you. What's going to go through your mind? How are you going to react? How are you going to trust God? If you happen to be her daddy, if you happen to be her espoused or engaged husband, what's going to be your reaction? You see, we learned something here. That we've got to trust God. Why? Because man, he goes out of the box on some big things. And we never see it coming. In our own minds, we cannot justify it. We can't figure it out. Science still hasn't figured out how Jesus got here from a virgin. And guess what? Unless they believe it in faith, they never will figure it out. Because it's faith. When we're opening Christmas presents in a few weeks, know that it's about the gift that God gave us. And we've got to believe this story. It's not for us to sit and try to figure it all out. We've got to trust God. Hmm. He thought and thought and thought on these things. You see, when we start thinking on things, one of the things that helps us to get to is to realize something called mercy. Jesus came to this earth because of mercy. God loves us. And this is the only way it can be done. And here's how I'm going to do it. In a pure bloodline. Blood that never was defiled. He lived a sinless life. Can you imagine the stories when he was growing up? You know the people had to talk. Oh, you know the people just had to throw all kinds of stuff out. His own family, his own town didn't believe in who he was. Well, he's the son of a carpenter. Well, guess what? If Joseph hadn't made the decision he made by listening to what the angel Gabriel had to say, then it would be written that he was the son of a harlot. Because that's what people would have thought, not knowing what the truth was. Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? Am I talking in circles? Does any of this mean anything to you? Mercy. The more we think on things, the longer mercy has time to come into our thoughts. And then we can hear from God. And know that it's from God. It's not from our own thoughts. It came from heaven. And if it came from heaven, good chance is, folks, you might have to get outside of that box a little bit. Then you know that it's God. Do we love Jesus this morning? Praise him. Let's praise him. Time to wake up. Time to wake up. One last point. It's a short one. This is your 20%. Get your paper and pen on it. 20% right here. When Jesus is in you, 
And the more he grows in you, as your faith grows, it will show. You see what I'm talking about? She couldn't keep it private forever. The Bible doesn't say if she went to Joseph and said, look, I got something to tell you. No, it just, he knew about it. I'm thinking along those lines. I'm not going to say that's right. You do your own research. You do your own reading on it. But when Jesus is in you and in me, and he's growing in you and in me, it's going to show. You see, Mary, Mary's the only one. Other than those that believe by faith, she's the only one that really knows. And she knew. Think about on another side. He told me I'm going to be praying. Okay, Lord, it's what you, as you say. Now all of a sudden she is. Imagine what's going through her mind. This is the real deal. I've been going to, I've been going to synagogue all these times and, and I've been learning and it's all sounded real good, but man, I'm going to tell you this is real. This angel shows up and tells me and now it's coming about. What kind of faith is that? And we know later on in a few months we'll be talking about her going to her son's death. It's another story. But if Jesus is in you and me, and he's growing, it will show. You're going to hear a song you've done heard this morning, but if you have something you want to pray about, come forward. We're going to have another prayer before we dismiss, but if there's a need that you have, Come and pray and call upon God. Because just as he told Mary, nothing Mary is impossible with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That